Welcome to Mindful Traveler, the podcast that helps you better understand yourself and the world through mindfulness techniques and world exploration. I'm your host, Robert McKay, and I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. All right. Well, I'm going to jump right into the travel section of our podcast today, uh, because since I last uh, posted a podcast, I have, like I said at the end of the other one, moved to uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia from Sofia, Bulgaria, going from uh, zero degrees as an average high Celsius to uh, 32 degrees average high Celsius. Um, so that for those of you in the United States, that is going from uh, 32 degrees <laughs> freezing uh, in Bulgaria to 90 degrees in Kuala Lumpur. So it is quite a big jump. But I'm actually adjusting quite well to the heat. Uh, and I also took the advice I gave from the last podcast where I am now uh, volunteering at a hostel, um, trying to save a little bit of money, get a new experience. Um, so I stay here for free, also get a small uh 20 ringgit food allowance or what have you, just uh, an earning um, for working per day. So it's a fun experience. I've mostly been hanging out with um, all the the other uh, volunteers and everything here and just trying to enjoy my time, make some friends because... Um, yeah, I need some friends while traveling, like we all do, and it's an interesting experience doing this volunteering, and I'm traveling solo for the first time, um, so that's also very interesting. It's been it's been an adjustment, so that's why this podcast is coming a little late, um, but there's been some really cool stuff, so that whole going with the flow and hanging out with the people at your hostel thing... Um, really working for me here today. Um, I've gone to um, clubs to go do karaoke, which are not really two things I ever really do, but I had an amazing time. And then we were exploring the city and just bumped into a Philippine restaurant that they were closing that day. So we decided to come back a couple of days later and check them out because we hadn't seen any Philippine places here in Malaysia. Um, they're, they're typically three different ethnic groups here. There are the Malay, the native Malaysians, the Indians, and um, the Chinese. So we decided to try um, Philippine food. And as it turns out from everyone else we mentioned this to, it's not very strange because... Um, Karaoke is apparently the national sport of the Philippines, <laughs> but uh, it was a restaurant. But when we walked in, there was some loud music playing, and I was I was a little iffy because I couldn't even I could hardly hear my friend talk. But then we realized it was karaoke, and the Filipino people, the, the whole restaurant was full of Filipino people, and they're having a birthday party, and it was amazing. Like they. They invited us over to their table, gave us free drinks, free food. Um, yeah, so 
definitely just kind of go with whatever happens. I, I We almost left. I thought about leaving because it was so loud. And I didn't really feel like doing karaoke at the time or anything like that. But And the food was a little expensive in some of the plates. But we found some cheaper food, stayed anyway, and had a blast because of it. So that is basically what my experience has been like. It's been just getting tons and tons of good food here in Kuala Lumpur. Um, really cheap Indian food and Malay food and Chinese Um I mean, you can, most places we've been going to, I mean, we haven't been going to like high-end restaurants or anything, but there's just an abundance of places that are selling cheap Malaysian or Indian food. And you can easily fill up on eight ringgit for food, which is about um, two USD. Uh, If you want to get something a little more fancy, like 12 ringgit, three USD for... um, you know, something with like seafood or something like that on it rather than chicken or just vegetarian. Um, and I've never really eaten Indian food, um, other than just like prepackaged bought food in the States. I've never actually gone to an Indian restaurant because, well, I didn't know what I would like and it was generally not that cheap. So, but here I've been eating roti and they're great um so yeah food here is bananas uh if you want to go to one place to try all kinds of different food i recommend going to the central market um it's in the chinatown area and there are all kinds of food places around outside the market inside if you go upstairs there's a big area there with all kinds of different foods around the outside and then there's a main drinks area in the center um, and everything again is super cheap, delicious, freshly made, and just an amazing experience. The people are super friendly in there as well. Um, yeah, so definitely check out Central Market area if you want to get some food. Um, I walked over to Jalanalor, but it's one of the main night markets and one of the main kind of touristy attractions. It's a food market at night. But everybody there is kind of pushy trying to get you to come and eat their food. And it's generally about the same price as a sit-down place, but it's street food. So, I mean, you can try a bunch of different things there. I'm definitely going to go back and maybe check it out later. But I like Central Market. So uh, that's where we're at with that. So let's see. What else have we um, done in Kuala Lumpur? I think um, one of the best things to do here is just go out and walk around. Um, It is a pretty large city, so um, you can explore randomly. Check out the malls because they're bonkers here, like six, seven levels, most of them. Um, I went to Rajaya Times Square, and... It's decorated right now for Christmas, so it's beautiful. Just all kinds of gold and red decorations. Um, Kuala Lumpur is um, primarily a Muslim country, but they still are going all out for Christmas, so it is worth a look. And let's see. 
And then definitely want to check out the Patronus Towers, which everybody does. They're beautiful to see at night, but um, it is quite a long walk if you're staying over where I am in um, near Bukit Bintang. Um, so, yeah, check out Kuala Lumpur. Like, I, I've got a lot more I want to do and see here, but mostly I am just enjoying food and enjoying friends and enjoying the general travel experience and talking to lots of cool people. So yeah, that's where we are in our travel segment today. I think I'm going to go ahead and end that there and move on to our mindfulness segment. And I think today I want to explore something um, that's really helped me a lot when trying to improve myself. And it's something that it seems really like, I don't know, it goes against the idea of, you know, I basically I want to explore the idea of how to have an open mind and being more willing to change. I kind of call it the, you might be wrong about that, um, theory where you just take everything that you think you know 100% and just apply that idea that you might be wrong about that. Doesn't mean you definitely are and that you need to change all of your beliefs, but you need to be willing to be wrong. It's kind of like the scientific method. You know, nothing is 100% and you need to be willing to change. And it's been interesting for me here. I've talked to quite a few people and in Europe, I seem to be running into a lot more people that thought very much mostly like I did. Um, or at least I assumed they did and maybe they didn't and they were just less outspoken about talking about the differences. But I ran into like some people here, one guy in particular, we were talking, having a great conversation where we're roughly the same age, which I'm 38. So it's harder to find people this, you know, my age traveling around hostels too much. Um, and had this, we're both from the States and usually I kind of try to avoid people from the States cause well, the people that are traveling are just kind of loud, obnoxious, and just getting drunk all the time. But found this guy, sat down and started talking, and everything was great. And then I mentioned something about um, transgender rights or gay rights, and then we just kind of veered right into a full-on debate. Because I guess while he wasn't, he isn't really practicing his religion anymore he's a jehovah's witness and very firmly believes that transgender people are just i don't know mentally ill or something and he doesn't want to call them by whatever pronouns they prefer because he says that they're lying and that would be him lying and it's against his code i don't know 
it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And I don't know. I mean, if you're thinking that same way, that's fine. I guess we had a civil discussion about it. I talked about my reasoning behind why, and he talked about his, which was, I I don't understand why he couldn't see that his was completely just based on bias, but I don't know. I, I took a long time to get to where I am as far as how I feel about, um, gay people, LGBTQ, all the, the different spectrum of gender and, uh, sexual orientation. I was raised in a very, um, misogynistic, sexist, racist, kind of environment growing up in the small town Midwest in Michigan. Um, so they were also very, you know, homophobic and transphobic. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if they knew what transgender was back then. So I don't know if I did, but then I moved to the West coast and I was willing to admit that my thinking might be wrong. I'd obviously like once I'd gone to college, things had started to change. Um, and that's one thing that I've always kind of prided myself on is the fact that if I think to question something, I am willing to change it. Like I went vegetarian and I was very much into that for a long time. But we had some dietary issues. We weren't getting proper nutrition. And so I was a very avid vegan for a while. And, well, when I say a while, like seven, eight, nine years, something like that. But we weren't staying healthy. And my wife had some food issues that she couldn't eat certain things, a lot of, th- a lot of things really. And because of that, our diet was very limited. So we ended up having to reintroduce meat to our diet. And it, it was something very hard to do, but it was something that, you know, I don't hold any one particular idea so dear that I'm completely unwilling to change it in the face of new facts. And I think that's, a really high, you know, ideal to strive for. It's one of the reasons I have so many problems with, you know, structured religions because they tell you that this is the way things are and they are the only way things can be. And they discourage, they discourage critical thinking, which is just upsetting to me. I don't see how being willing to change your ideas and being willing to accept new evidence is a bad thing. And it was, it's been life changing for me because like I do naturally get kind of stubborn about things the way a lot of people do. I feel like I know how things work and I'm resistant to change, but once I really I've been really focusing on trying to be less that way recently. 
So that's how I got into mindfulness in the first place. Because I was willing to ask the question, you know, is this something worth looking into? Because to me, it was just, you know, pop nonsense. And I was just getting popularity because of, you know, I don't know, just groupthink and silly ideas just spreading the way they can. And I decided to actually look into it, though, rather than just going on perceived notions of how things were. And I found something really valuable there. So I'm trying to stay more open. I mean, there are tons of things that I don't understand in the world. And I want to be open to hearing alternate explanations to them. Do I still feel really skeptical about tons of things? Yes. Keep your skepticism. But be willing to actually listen to what the other side says. Don't just be completely dismissive. It's not that you have to change your mind, but you have to be willing to listen. And obviously there are some things that you're not going to be willing to listen to, and that's okay. As long as you're not hurting anybody, that's fine. And that's something I really try to to explore is because when your beliefs are actively hurting people, that's when you really need to think about it the most. If you're not hurting anybody, and I'll, that's that's a whole other ball of wax because that guy that didn't believe in transgender people or gay people. He didn't think he was hurting anybody. And strange thing is, he's a black man. And he understands microaggressions, where just little things pile up hour after hour, little slights and strange looks you get that you wouldn't if you were a white person. So he didn't, but he couldn't seem to translate that to the way transgender people feel when they're constantly misgendered on purpose and that sort of thing. And so you have to be willing to drop your preconceived notions and understand that people are just people. So... I don't know. It's very, very complex and nuanced. And like, I, I don't, there was, there was a whole other person that I was talking to and, you know, she believes in astrology. I a hundred percent don't. I, you know, have lots of reasons why I don't, but it's not really hurting anybody. I mean, most people aren't making drastic life decisions based on astrology and even if they are, it's only really going to affect them, not others. So, you know, why not? Let them believe it. Let them have fun if they find it fun. I still don't believe any of it, but I'll talk to her about it because it's something she's interested in. So, I don't know really where I'm going with this other than I want to bring it back to the original point, which is just... 
try using that phrase, you know, I might be wrong about that. With anything that you hold, you know, close to you, especially if there is somebody actively, you know, in front of you telling you, you know, that you are wrong about it, be willing to admit, I might be wrong about that. But you don't have to say you definitely are wrong until you have changed your mind. But be willing to do the research from a place of neutrality and ask yourself what the other side is thinking. Because that was the first thing I had to Google when I was deciding to go vegetarian was, why are people vegetarian? Because I had no idea other than vague references in pop culture. So you, you're you very much influenced by the things that you just hear on a daily basis. And you form beliefs around them without realizing it. And it can be very harmful if you're not more actively mindful of the things that you are internalizing. So it's it's another really big benefit of mindfulness because the more i i practice the more i think about how i'm feeling and why i'm feeling it the more i am able to realize when i am being influenced by things in popular culture or just casual mentions of things and agreeing with them and it's not inherently bad because you know sometimes you know if you're surrounded by things and they become more normalized it's because we're trying to make a popular you know a positive change and those can be good but you should examine those as well just be more conscious more mindful of the things that are making up your belief system because they're there, whether you think they are or not. So, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to leave it today. So, if you want to talk about, you know, times when you've been wrong, or people thought you were wrong, and you had a healthy debate that didn't devolve into name-calling, or anything, anything that's changed your life even, please go ahead Leave a comment on my blog at mindful-traveler.com. Uh, I'll have this episode posted there. I'd love to hear from you. And thank you very much for listening. Have a great week.